We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Kudos to you in the Gangstar sweater. Yes, you wear this. Yes, yes. Um, you can check out the old man this week. The the Porter Way Podcast yes. with Sean Porter. Great episode. They were in here before us recording Blue Wire Studios in Las Vegas Wynn Resort and Casino. Make sure you guys check that out, Porter Way. It's okay. I'll give the homie a plug. Porter's always in here watching us, so it is great to see him um, really embrace us here, want to do his show from Blue Wire Studios. It was a great show. You, Rhapsody, was in the building as well. Shout out to Rap. She is amazing. The most humble superstar yes. you will ever meet. She doesn't consider herself a superstar. She'd probably throw something at me for saying that. <laughs> But um, she is an incredible and dropped just a little bit. Not too much news, but she's working on a new album. She didn't want to give the date, but it's, it's, it's coming. I, I love that. Um, can't wait to hear new music from her. So shout out to Rap. Make sure you guys check that out on our show today. We're talking boxing. Keith Thurman just fought this weekend on pay-per-view. Mario Barrios. Leo Santa Cruz is on that card. Shout out to Cole Bebe who pointed out to me that this really was a car to just a bunch of people Javante Davis beat up. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it was a Javante Davis highlight reel pretty much for the pay-per-view. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. I was stupid busy this week because everything was in Vegas. We're going to talk about that a little bit as well. As you guys can see, if you're watching on YouTube, which you can find every episode on YouTube, Tuesdays and Fridays every week. Every episode will drop on YouTube. So make sure you guys check that out as well. The Corner Podcast on YouTube. I got the belt on my shoulder. Um, they're going to take this from me after the show. They should. But there's a belt here. We're going to have our guests who come through for the show sign it. So we have signatures here right up in the green room in Blue Wire Studios. Everyone else has like, you know, basketballs, footballs, all that stuff. People to sign. They got us the belt for people to sign. Until then, though, It'll live right here on my shoulder. I feel like Chris Bay. Every time Chris Bay wins a belt, he's like the most obnoxious person with his titles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. So I'm a, 
I'm stealing the gimmick. Shout out to Chris Bay, friend of this pod. So I'll do this entire podcast with the, with the belt on my shoulder. We're, for today's sake, it'll be the hot take title. <laughs> it's all yours, sir. It'll, it'll live right here with the human hot take machine. It is all yours. Yes, until Cole tries to steal it. Inevitably. So I, I brought the belt in. He was like, I won the corner rumble. He did win. That should be my belt. He's right. I was like, Cole, don't make me super kick. Like, let's, let's not bring this logic into this. Like, he really tried to rob me of the belt. Like, it was his. It was all, all bad. Um, Dre, real quick, I wanted to ask you before we dive into my super busy week. What did you do this week? I feel like I saw you had nothing but the fight. I didn't. I literally didn't do anything. Right? What? That's a lie. Um, at, on the Portaway podcast, we talked about it because Rhapsody came to town. We went on ATVs. We rode ATVs. Uh, on well, like, can you? I mean, we drive rode, an ATV. It was like they were slower. We were only going like twenty miles an hour. Like Sean. Sean. All right. So Sean booked this thing where it, me, Rap, and Biggie were all supposed to be out here on the podcast talking about the ring entrance. And he wanted to make a weekend out of it. Go shoot, do some paintball, rest made TVs. And um, I couldn't do the paintball. He wanted to do it Saturday morning. I got a family. I can't, I can't get away from him <laughs> yesterday. But we went and rode ATVs. And Sean was like, yo, it's at the Speedway. Now, if anybody's from Vegas, Speedway is like 30 minutes outside the city a little bit. No, this thing was in another city entirely in Vegas. So it was like an hour out. So we drove out there. And then we got to get on ATVs. And we drove the ATVs for like an hour. Did you go to Moapa? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was in Moapa Valley. I was like, what am I doing out here? Oh, the golf course over there is amazing. By the I don't way. care. It was so you, far. You golf? You live no. on a golf course. I know. Well, it's not a Badland. They closed the golf course that I live at. Badlands. They really do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is OJ Simpson going to do in his free time? Find another golf course? Yeah, he's not going to be your neighbor anymore. No, I don't know where OJ lives. But uh, I found out Nick Cage lives in the community next to Really? Yeah. Well, he's never at home because he's no, filming no. a bunch of horribly made movies. Yeah. So that's that's all I really did. I mean, there wasn't really much to do for the fight week. I, I didn't really care. I mean, I, didn't want, I don't want to say I didn't care about the fight. But so you went to weigh-ins, right? I, I went to weigh-ins. Uh, I didn't go to the press conference. No, I, I'm sorry. No, I didn't go to the press conference. I was with Sean. And then uh, that's it. And then I went to the fight yesterday. Yeah, I feel like you're... Weekend, if we're just being honest, it was probably dry. better than uh, <laughs> my weekend. Every weekend is dry because you're my not drinking. Was dry, yes. um, <laughs> for another two months. So yeah, I mean, can you ride an ATV? You didn't answer. That. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it was it was like a buggy. You know, it was fine. Oh, it was like a dune buggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sean was upset because he thought that we were going on these stunt buggies, and I was like, "Yo, I'm not trying to die. Uh, like, I want to be safe. I had to go home and explain to my wife why I'm dead. That's not going to work." So we rode. Be tough. Yeah. Sean was just like, he was upset because Sean's like a daredevil. He went skydiving. He's talking about all these things. I don't look, I don't like to do anything that gets me close to death. I'm past that part of my life. Yeah. Like Either. roller coasters, like they used to be fun when I was a kid. It's like, oh, the thrill of almost dying. Now it's like, there's no thrill in almost dying. It's just almost dying. I've been scared of roller coasters my entire life. They're not fun. Going to Disneyland in two weeks for my dad's at Disney trip. Trademark pending. Um, it smells dad. There's so much good merch. You guys still drinking Four Loco? Yes. The, the Four Loco pregame. So um, shout out to my boy Mark, who has seen like a couple of our shows from the window out here. Um, he's trying to find the original for, like formula Four Loco. Y'all going to die. But we, we can't, can't figure it out. Um, our flight leaving Vegas at 6 a.m., flying into not even L.A., I don't know whatever thing is closer to Disney. So we get there at 7. 
And we bought tickets on Frontier. Oh, my God. It was $12 round trip. Drinking four local and flying on Frontier? This is the poverty <laughs> experience. Y'all enjoying that. I'm not that. even bringing a bag. Like, I'm, I'm bringing, like, the, the AAU sh- shoestring. Oh, my God. Book bag joint. Y'all my ESPN one. And whatever clothes can fit in there is what I'm wearing. But I don't even care about, like, changing clothes. Like, it's a trip. We're going Saturday morning, coming back Sunday night. I'll yeah, figure it out. Y'all have fun. Like, who needs clothes? Like, maybe I'll live, Especially like, Especially not you. Who needs nah, clothes? Not like, you. Nah. Like, I remember traveling when I was 21. I just bring the same pair of jeans I'm wearing, or shorts. And I'll bring a different tee for, like, every day I need a different pair of drawers. And that's it. Yeah, so yeah. it was, like, simple travel. Yeah, I, I can do. pack for, like, six days in my book bag like that. That's crazy. I can't. Y'all have fun oh, drinking for a loco and drive, flying Frontier. I'll, you know, I made a vow not to fly on Spirit of Frontier anymore. I don't care how cheap it is. Yo, Spirit is a lot better now. I don't believe you. It is. I don't They've believe They upgraded you. the seats. Because they didn't even recline at one point. Still don't recline. I, I'm but they're a little wider. Like, nah, man. They're not like bus seats anymore. Nope. It's a, it's My lowest level file is Southwest. That's about as low as I'll go. Oh, you real fancy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, for work, I fly Delta. I'm like, I mean, you for know, anything. Medallion I gotta be. I gotta stuff, be comfortable. Nah, I hop on Spirit. I will not hop on Like, spirit. on a short flight? That, no. I'll take Spirit. I'll fly Southwest. Like, if I go to Dallas, like, I, I'll hop Spirit. Oh, that's, it's not, that's not comfortable. I like to be comfortable, man. I, I Do you work, sleep on planes? Occasionally. Oh, that's I'm why. not a great sleeper on planes. But yeah. when I'm awake, it's like I got my Nintendo. Like, you gotta have a TV or something. The Spirit has nothing. You have a DS. Yeah, I got my Switch, which is cool. Or, yes, Switch. I got my, but again, like, I like comfort. It's quick. I mean, I'm not telling you people, to fly from listen, here to New York. Listen, I, I, this is going to sound mad disrespectful. But even the people that fly Spirit, I'm like, eh. Got to get in touch with your roots. I, I'm cool. You know, those, I worked really hard to get it out of touch with some of these roots. Nah. Them kinfolk, as they nah. say down, down south. I didn't see too many kinfolk riding Spirit. Nah, man. Nah. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm I, bougie. I, I caught a Spirit flight. Where was I going? It was like me and my wife. I don't know why we took Spirit this time. Because I tried to get my miles through Delta. But we took Spirit. And this one's kind of deep. So, like, it was like a three-hour flight. Ooh. And as soon as we got on the flight, we're chilling. And I'm hungry for some reason. We didn't eat. It was probably, like, whatever time of day it is. And someone orders a cup of noodles. On the flight? On the flight. They got a pamphlet. You can order a cup of noodles. This cup of noodles smelled up the entire flight. I guess they got a microwave. Or like a thing of tea. Smelled up the entire flight. When I tell you, it smelled so damn good. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like every... Next, you know, ding. They hit the little button. Ding. Hey, yes, sir. Do you need something? Hey, um, what is that? Guy across from me. What is that? Oh, well, they ordered this from the pan. I need two of them. How much were they charging for a cup of noodles? $4. Come on, man. When I tell you 20 people ordered a cup of noodles on this flight, 19 of them were not me. You guys do the math. It was so, so bomb. A cup of noodles on a spirit flight. I mean, it'll humble you. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's, that's, I ain't, ain't got that kind deal. of humility in my life. In that same month, I don't know. In that same month, we flew 
previous to this flight too. We flew first class all the way to New York. Like free drinks to keep you warm, yes. towels, every great. The the meals are different and like amazing experience. I've flown first class several times now. Uh, two years, like my first time flying first class. It's like I can't go back. I lied. Cause that was amazing. I felt so good. I felt accomplished. It was a relaxing flight. That spirit flight, we had the, we, I didn't even pay for it. <laughs> this goes out horrible. We were a little late to the spirit flight. Oh, we had to book it late. Something was stupid. Um, you never know, like, during the pandemic, shit was weird, right? Mm-hmm. So we just had to guess. So we booked it late, and everyone boarded already. So, you know, they spaced people out and everything. But literally, we got there 10 minutes before doors closing. So I get in, we run on. And no one's behind us. Everyone's seated. So I'm like, yo, we're in like row 27, walking. Row 13 is the exit row. No one's in this row. I stop. Like, yo, babe, we're sitting here. And we just sit. No one said anything. So we had exit row for free on Spirit and a cup of noodles. Baller, look what? at you. What? Look at that. You might just throw money if, around. If mm-hmm. first class is here, Dre, it's a notch on it. That's a lie. It's a, it felt almost as good. That's a lie. Right. You gotta try it. I will not try it. Not when you're flying with your daughter. Don't like, I won't subject I won't your, do anybody. I won't do that to myself. Even though you know what it'll build character for your daughter. No, it won't. It will. My daughter's rotten. She has, I know. She, she has like, zero interest being uncomfortable. She, I'm not doing that she needs to experience some of these things. And you know, I mean, you must not know my wife. That is never no. happened. We did it once, and my wife was like, never. My wife flew Spirit <laughs> to Atlanta with her homegirl because it was $7 flights. Yeah. And she flew there. I remember she landed. It was the weekend of the Mayweather-McGregor fight. She went out of town. And she had texted me when I landed. She was like, it was $7, but she's like, I will never do this shit again. I'm not going to lie to you. I got cursed out smooth last year because I was flying somewhere for work, Delta. Uh, Elena didn't know if she can go. She ended up being able to go like four days before. Like, yeah, babe, come on. Only flights available. It was Atlanta. Shakur fight. Mm. Only flights available. Spirit. Delta went up to like some stupid $800 each way. Say, like, I ain't doing this. I ain't putting 1600 on the credit card for no reason. Spirit flight was $30. So, babe, I got you. But they left around the same time. We can go to the airport together. Same difference. Yeah, she was I'll see you when we get back. Boy, her f- flight sat on the tarmac for like an hour and a half. She was supposed to leave an hour. She was supposed to leave an hour before me. She got there half an hour after me. And she is upset. Crazy turbulence. Babies crying. Spirit. Like, I take an... But she was on the hoodest of hoods, Spirit Flight. <laughs> but I guess, like, depending on, like, destinations. Like, I can fly Spirit to L.A. I can fly Spirit to Denver. Different type of people go to Denver, if we're just being honest. Yeah. You fly Spirit to Atlanta. Spirit oh, you, you to Dallas. You asking for trouble. You asking for it. Yep. My kids fly Spirit to Kansas City because it's cheap and they're my kids. Like, what? y'all don't need first class. Y'all don't need Delta privilege. No, You're going to get on whatever y'all get on. And yeah, so uh, I fly my kids' spirit all the time. And they don't know no better. Really? The day that they do, it's over. It's over. It's, yeah. over. it's over. They're like, you're keeping me from this dad? Like, yeah, shut up. Um, you, you take these bucket seats. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I got on this tangent. 
But Spirit's not that bad. They've uh, improved. And if anyone here is flying Spirits, don't be too good for it. Buy a cup of noodles. Spend the four dollars. I'm not co-signing any of that. So no, <laughs> just move on. It'll 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 change your life. Spirits better in Southwest, low key. No, outside of like Southwest giving you the free bag. Yeah, the two free bags. I mean, and it's. It, but I don't check bags. See, I do. I don't go nowhere without checking bags. I bring my Xbox, bring my PlayStation. Like four pairs of sneakers. I bring my sneakers. I bring my Xbox. Well, Xbox is smaller now. So I bring a video game system. I got my yep. Switch. I got to have stuff. Xbox does help being smaller now. Yeah, it's nice. They can't travel nowhere at that PlayStation. I, I called my hotel and I was like, yo, you got HDMI? Can I get to the HDMI behind the TV? Oh, I, I always find sure. a way. I they always yeah. find it. I'll be, I stand on the desk. Yep. I did in Saudi Arabia. When I, was in Saudi, <laughs> when I was in the middle, when I was in uh, Saudi Arabia, I the hotel, they had HDMIs. And it was like, well, it's kind of behind the TV. And I got there and I was like standing on the desk because they gave us those suite. We had yep. like the three bedroom suites. And I was like, yo, I'm they had the flat screen. There was like a 60 inch. I hooked it up. I never left my room. I become MacGyver when it comes yeah. to like figuring out how to get enough space. Um, here at the, what well, used to be the Hard Rock, but now it's the Virgin. It's wall mounted and there's like no space. I'm peeling it. Yeah. Off of the wall, just enough to get the HDMI in. Everywhere I go. Play with me. Went to London, same thing. I, no. Where is my Xbox hook up to? Yeah, I travel with a fire stick everywhere. Yeah, you got I got to watch my Ratchet television and so on and so forth. Yeah. Shout out to you for coming around and watching Ratchet TV. That's my wife. My wife is uh, loving, loving marriage, Huntsville, Alabama. She put me on this. He's on like the we, worst. right? Yeah. Uh, no, own. Own. These own the, got some joints. These are the worst husbands I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Not, I haven't met them. I just, I'm watching the show. Well, my wife is telling me about it. I was like, this can't be real. And then I'm watching it and I was like, oh, these men are horrible. Yeah. These are bad people. You watch Ready to Love yet? I watched part of the first season and my wife is like, this is ridiculous. Shout out to AJ Springer, Reverse Rap Pack. I tried literally for three months to convince him to go on this show because I saw on Facebook that they were casting DC. Yeah, he needs to be on there. And he refused. And then this is the DC season. And every episode I text him like, be better if you were on it. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you could have been on it, but yeah, my, been on it. My wife, like in the background, she always watches reality TV so she can work because she doesn't have to think while she watches it. Yeah. She came across this Love and Marriage Huntsville, and she got me watching it. And I'm like, oh my god! Like this dude. Spoiler alert! No, I'm not gonna spoil it. You just need to watch. You gotta it. watch it. Um, you gotta watch it. There's one about like hairdressers in Alabama too. You gotta check know. out. It's on there. Like just go into the rabbit hole. I ain't it's, it's beautifully horrible television. I got better things. But welcome. Welcome to the club. Um, we came here to talk about in the opening segment, and I'll just, I mean, it's pretty quick now that we're talking about spirit and everything else. Um, my week was crazy busy because we had NHL All-Star Game, NFL Pro Bowl, and the fight. So I went from NFL Skills Challenge up by your crib at the baseball stadium on Wednesday, NHL Skills Challenge on Thursday, then Friday, pretty open, but had weigh-ins, Saturday NHL All-Star Game, fight Saturday night. And then before we recorded this, I was at the NFL Pro Bowl. So in total, I had seven events in five days. So it was crazy. Moving around, saw you at the fight briefly. I got there before the co-main, third to last fight. Yeah. Sat down, Wi-Fi sucked, had to leave. Before the end of the Thurman fight, so I can get back to my hotel, like actually use Wi-Fi. I was in and out. I saw like four people all weekend. I was exhausted. All that to say, I am disappointed, Jay. At what? We've had this show almost for seven years. 
Yes. March March 15th. Seven years for the Corner Damn, Podcast. that's too long. Seven years. Our, our podcast is a second grade. Wow. Wrap your mind around Older that. Older than my daughter. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we had that whole saga on air. Yeah. yeah like, of your, of your daughter being born. Now you're, you're two in the game. About to be, yeah. I mean, I met my wife three weeks after we started the podcast. That's incredible. So I was a single man. Episodes one, two, and three, single man. Single man, Kel, if you guys want to know what that was like. It, it was a little crazier than it is now. I don't know if anyone goes back and listens to those early episodes, but it gets worse. Uh, I, I'm tame now. Um, but when I was like, cool, we talked about this several times. NBA All-Star in Vegas. Steel phrase that was popular then. It was a movie. Yes, it was. Everyone was excited. I got stories. You got stories. Everybody got stories. Craziness. Urban loitering mm-hmm. was cultivated that weekend. Oh, it was It was next. I mean, it was the That epitome. was the height. Yes. It was the That epitome. was its zenith. Yes. It was fantastic. Of urban loitering that weekend. I saw All-Star Games. We're probably going to cover it anyway for work. But I got excited for like, yo, I got to do all this work. But at least... It's going to be a wild, crazy week. I can go out after. I can do whatever. The strip's going to be pop. None of that. Nah. None of the urban loitering. Mm-hmm. With the NH... Okay, listen. I'll be real. I didn't expect much from the NS- well, NHL. Why would you? But that Golden Knights games pop off sometimes. Yeah. So I was like, yo, so you get all of these fan bases. NHL will add a little bit different. Like... It gives me my my crowd who's into like punk rock and shit. We talked about rock the other week. Yes. Like, cool. It gives me my my crazy people where I can drink random stuff with. I can go out and take shots of Everclear if I want to. Yeah. They're in town. If I it's a, you know if I feel in that mood, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't got to be classy. And then NFL, Pro Bowl, and NFL All Star Game. I was like, oh, so we getting Dre's crazy. We getting the whole strip crowded. On Wednesday, I was hyped at the um, Skills Challenge. Saw Justin Jefferson, his grill, crazy. Just bling. You see him three blocks away if you want. I was like, oh, yeah, they got ice in their mouth. Like, this is going to be that weekend. Weekend boring as hell. Some NBA Summer League is more exciting than this. Well, that's because the urban loitering and... Everybody want a ball player? Yeah, the, the professionals yes. are in town. Working girls are working. Trying to, uh, trying to catch. Trying to catch something. Catch themselves a man. Yeah. They just be catching feelings and heartbreak that yeah, way. This, but this, still. Nobody cares about the NFL Pro Bowl. Why? Because it sucks. It, I mean, but it was always in a white. Uh, so, but like, it, we but it finally still get to experience it. I don't watch the NFL Pro Bowl. It's the one all-star game I absolutely don't watch. Because what's the point? It wasn't great. Shout out to Max Crosby from the Raiders, though, who Blue Wire Network, um, fellow podcaster, starting in a couple weeks, um, won MVP. That was cool. Outside of that. Who cares? There's nothing on the line. Nobody's really going yeah. all that. It's not like the NBA All-Star game. It's too friendly. It, it, it's, it's football. Like, you, half-speed hitting people. and R.I.P. Sean Taylor. Greatest Pro Bowl highlight yeah. of all time. Yes, but the Pro Bowl is pointless. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. I didn't even care about the game. Nobody I cares about the, the game. season. Nah, I mean, not, not nobody wants the to come city. Up. Nobody cares. It's not NBA All Star Weekend. Is the freak Nick of All Star Game? Nobody cares about the Major League Baseball All Star Game. Nobody cares about the NHL. Nobody cares about the NFL Pro Bowl. 
Nobody cares about any of these things. There, there's, there's two things that matter to black people. NBA All-Star Game, and it, it was Mike Tyson and Floyd Mayweather fights. That's so accurate. It's the freak, Nick. It's the freak, Nick. Game. Yes, I was at Morehouse the last year of Freak Nick. Yeah. And I've never seen anything like it. And that's when, when I went, I remember going and I was like, wow, this is crazy. And like the cast that were older than me was like, yeah, this ain't what it used to be. And I was like, really? Homie got kicked by a horse. Yes, Maybe. I saw somebody get kicked in the chest by a horse. Like that was, that was Freak Nick in Atlanta. But so when I went to, I mean, I've been to Tyson fights, Mayweather fights, NBA All-Star Weekend in Vegas was, it was ratchet. It was, like I've said it before, there was a, a deliberate and ever-present cloud of weed smoke just hovering the strip. Horribly. People were scared. People were, like, you couldn't go, they wouldn't let you in the casinos without a key. I went to a Playboy Mansion party. I did a lot of wild stuff that week. I believe this. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was nuts. Absolutely nuts. Uh, Shake, when Two Dope Boys was with us, because we, uh, we did our hip-hop BX show that week. That was the second show I ever promoted. First one was the Little Brother show. I was 19. I didn't get to go to none of that. Yeah, so we, we did that show. I remember he, they, the owner of Hip Hop DX rode his Jeep until like the wheels like literally fell off. Like his truck just said, and the wheels came off and it was like, they rode my wheels until they came off. So it, it was the most, you'll never get that experience out of the Pro Bowl. Nobody cares. Black then people, you need to just keep it in Hawaii. I yeah, rather travel I don't need to, hear. to Hawaii for work. I don't need to hear. Just relax. Nobody cares. Black people don't care. Black people care about the NBA All-Star Make game. Make this a thing? What? Like a Pro Bowl. They there's, can't. There's a better environment around WrestleMania for black folks. We have Wale yes. Mania. We have GCW. Like, that's fun. Yeah, this town turns fun. up. Nobody cares. Dog, nobody cares. The Pro Bowl is not no a game that people watch. That. Yeah. Nobody wakes up and is like, ooh, it's the Pro Bowl this weekend. I want to watch somebody break three 90-yard touchdown passes where the, the cornerback just lets them go by. Like, nobody cares. NBA, there's at least some cl- – you have the dunk contest. And obviously, NBA players are more visible than anybody That's else. The key, the helmets hurt. Yeah, you take the helmets off, like you know who, like you know who LeBron is. You know who we have. NFL, like Justin Jefferson. You know how many people know what he looks like outside of the grill. You couldn't couldn't nah. pinpoint him. Debo Samuel. People, no. he, Debo Samuel could probably walk through this casino right now. Oh, hands down. And people be like, I don't know who that is. No, he's taller than I thought. Yeah, I thought he was a small dude. Beast. Yeah, Tariq Hill is tiny. Freaking nature. But nobody. That doesn't matter. Yeah. NBA All Star Weekend. And they party, and this NBA is the culture of the league. They throw sponsored parties. Like you said, like yes. places come up. All that to say, we need another NBA All-Star. I don't know, man. I won't be at that. Listen, man. You lying. I'm, dog, I'm washed. Ain't, I can't Somebody going to get you out. Nah. Some type of party. Maybe. Shout out to Blue Wire. I'm sure we partying in here. Somebody's podcast. I, I mean, coming in. I'm literally. crashing the Blue. I'm just in the green room. I don't even care. Like, listen, until, until Cole kicks me out. I would be in the green room. I'm doing everything that I can for free for an NBA All-Star Week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you might catch me, but there's no way. <laughs> there's no I'm wearing way. you down now. You went from no way I'm outside to, oh, uh, you might catch me. If it's profitable. One, one, if or, it's, two, one or two events. If it's profitable, I'll be out in the streets. Somebody if got a table. Sporting News ain't getting a table? Probably. I'm just saying, yep. See? Probably. Like, Sporting News, yeah, we'll probably lose. <laughs> if, if it were to happen, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I need that again. Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't think Vegas wants it again. Vegas wants it. Vegas no, wants everything now. I don't think Vegas wants everything. Want, Vegas, the NBA also weekend almost ruined Las Vegas. It was more than they could do. Yeah, <laughs> like was, they they were in for it. But again, honestly, this was two thousand and eight. 
NBL, I think it was 07. 07. I was 19. 07. Yeah. This was before Floyd really became Money May, yeah. Ratchet, yeah. Urban Loitering Floyd. Mm-hmm. They're kind of more prepared for this now. Ah, they're not. Because like Floyd Mayweather fights are really confined to the MGM. No, they, Mayweather Pacquiao was... I mean, but that was like the biggest fight ever. Yeah, right? but they've had but, something since. They had, they had nothing like that before. Like, but I'm saying NBA All-Star Weekend starts at Circus Circus. It ends at Mandalay Bay. Not in stars at Circus Circus. No, I'm telling you, <laughs> NBA also weekend people it was like if you if you like downtown, if they you, if you partying at Circus Circus, hey, we, they party you in a world of hurt. And I take you, spirit and I'm they, judging you. I'm telling you, there was so much like NBA All-Star Weekend was I was like, yo, I'm scared. I was like, I can't believe like I went to Diddy have every every rapper, every celebrity had parties. It was I I, I don't know if I, I don't, Vegas hated it. Because the, the casinos, there were fights everywhere. They don't want that again out here. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't do it, but it could happen. We'll see. You promoted a show. I did. Last my, my second show. That was my, well, no. It was a Little Brother show. It was a Little when Brother. you had to pick up Lupe. So, so that, yeah, that was my second Little Brother show. My oh, first okay. Little Brother show was during Magic Convention. That was the other thing. NBA All-Star Weekend was the same weekend as the Magic Convention, which oh. is when Magic was at its peak. So, like, yeah. Russell Simmons had, like, all that stuff was here. So you put those two things together, it was a combustible element. My yeah. first show... They got a pair with AVN, too. Yeah, they my, bring it back. Like, you got to do the same weekend as AVN. Like, Brian Pumper everywhere. I need to see him ringside everything. My first, my first show was Magic Convention. It was a little brother show. It was at a restaurant. Um, that was an experience. It was the first show I ever promoted. Uh, but that... the the Second. second. You promoted a Jay-Z show. Kind of. Yeah, I was like the youth group. group. Yeah, it was my, no, not church. Church? Youth no, group. whatever. Youth group. Black but, leaders. They, but yeah, know. we brought Jay-Z out here. But it wasn't like I didn't book it and pay for it and all. That was like a right. youth group. Like that was the first show that I booked, that I put together, that I promoted, that I made the flyers. Like I did all the work for the Little Brother show. Um, and that was, that was an experience that we can talk about. What was harder, that or the Lupe, second Little Brother? Um, you had to pick Lupe from there. I didn't pick up Lupe. I, I didn't. I picked up Fonte. Oh. I picked up Little Brother. Shake picked up Lupe. Oh, that's bad. I, I don't know how you get that comment. Well, the beef wasn't until later. No, the beef was after this. Oh. Yeah, Shake and Lupe fell okay. out after that. Show. Okay, okay. So they were still Lupe there. didn't know who Shake was. Okay. Because Shake, had, we were still at DX. But the first show was by far the hardest because it was something that I've never done before. And it was trying to get people out. Didn't understand, like, lines and tickets. And, like, magic people have badges. They don't want to pay to get in anything. We were trying to charge to recoup some money. It was hard. The, the Hip Hop DX, Lupe, Little Brother, NBA All-Star Weekend show, we had sponsors. I didn't come out a dime. Like, I, like we, we had that bought and paid for, and we sold out. Like, that was just a, a big deal. The first show, that was an experience. <laughs> I learned a, a tough lesson that show. Oh, that's every show. I mean, we've done wrestling with stereotypes, and it's such a smaller, like, scale. Like, I couldn't picture... Doing something that's not niche, like hip hop is not niche. No, nah, that that and that's a hip hop weekend. Yeah, it, it was the phone calls I was getting for the NBA All Star Weekend show. Like everybody came to that show. Like we sold. people try to get in that didn't get in, like homies. Yeah, they did like homies hit you up? Like yo, oh a lot of people. Like yo, I know you since since yeah, Crack yeah. Alley Valley High School. Oh, like yeah, you ain't letting yeah. me in. Like even like so so we have we're gonna have a guest today. Uh, my college buddy. Logan Gaskill, who, who's known me longer than most people. Is he one of the light skins? The, the crew? 
Nah, he's not part of that crew. Oh, he, was, okay, okay, he, cool. he went to Morehouse with me. And um, yeah, yeah, I thought you. you no, nah, me Ramon, Ramon and Sean, oh, they went to Clark. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So Logan, Logan's like my ride or die because he was there when I had nothing, like literally nothing in Morehouse. Like when I was hungry every day, like we were hungry every day. I mean, we drank a bottle of Bacardi in like one sitting and didn't have any food over a game of Tunk for shots. And we will tell that story. We were poor. I must ask him what is Tunk. Oh my God! We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But that—he's my dog. But he helped me with that first show, and he actually worked the door. And the best thing about him—and he'll tell you this when he comes in—he doesn't know anybody, and he doesn't <laughs> care. So like, Special K and Teddy Ted came to the door, <laughs> and they said who they were, and I was like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, I, don't- <laughs> and I don't think you let him in. He'll tell that story. Like it, it was a whole bunch of people. He's like, and he's the he's the best. He's the best. And worst doorman oh, ever. He's the best because... He's the best if you're running it. Yeah. He is the absolute worst if you're trying to get oh, in. He's... And he, you can't even name drop on No, nah, it don't work. It, 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 it never worked. It, nev- it doesn't work. But he helped That's me working. do my first show. Uh, he helped me with some money, too. He did, he did a lot. And uh, so he's been there since day one. But so we'll tell that story. And I'm sure he's got some embarrassing stories about me to tell as well. All right. We're going to bring him here in a second so we can get, like, those stories. But real quick, before we bring him in, Hypothetically, NBA All Star comes back 2023. I don't know where it is this year. Um, 2023, like yo, we're bringing it to Vegas, and you have to. You're not doing this. You're old. You got gray in the beards. Got another baby on the way. But they said Dre, you can talk to him shit all the time. I'm like, I can't even say like you wouldn't be able to do it. Dre, could you book a show, music show? People hit you up because they know you know the music people all Absolutely. the time. Dre, we're going to give you a nice sum of money. Oh, this, yeah. This is how every He's conversation worked. starts with Dre. Yep. Uh, you know what? How much you pay? Dre, we're yep. going to give you a nice sum of money to book a show mm-hmm. here in Vegas. Who you getting? Three acts. I mean, but see, I can't just do it like right now because it depends on who's hot, who's doing something. I mean, you booked a little brother show. Yeah, like, that a- wasn't like, well, no, they had like an all-star I, I, weekend crowd. Like, you hey. ain't booked two chains. No, nah, I mean... I don't know. even know. Jeezy? I don't know who was high in those. I don't know who I booked. I mean, it, if it was like next year, you know, I mean, it might, maybe it's, maybe it's Schoolboy Q, maybe it's Kendrick, maybe it's Cole, maybe it's Rhapsody. Okay. Maybe Rhapsody got an album coming out. Rhapsody, Cole, J.I.D. would be a great show. It would. And it's, it's all Carolinas, too. Yeah, They're all yeah, from Carolina. Where, you know, maybe it could Spitball. be... Lamar, oh, you get LaMelo? Lamelo in the house. There's, there's a lot, no, but thinking. if you give me a nice sum of money, I'm putting together. You're putting a show. together something. You I would ain't. do it again. How about that? I do it again. Lineup. You would do it yeah, again. I could do it. It's not. It's not that hard. Like it, for me, it's like it's a few phone calls to get people out here. Like I, I did it when I didn't have nothing. You think I couldn't do it now? <laughs> that's I can do it now. It's easy work. I guess that's the key. Because you're like, yo, I did this. Yeah. When I had nothing and I just wanted to do it. Yeah. You had hip hop. Yeah, it was a hip hop site when I did my first show. I mean, I guess that helped. It helped. I mean, it helped, but it still wasn't like I was just starting. I was yeah. like a year into my journalism. You're not like now, Dre, Aaron, I'll BET Dre. Nah, now it's like I call people, like people, like, you know, last week Rhapsody read my stuff before she got on. So it's like I know people that have known me longer than I've actually known them. So it's like you give me some money to put together a show, I'm going to put together a show. Just like I'm going to put together a ring entrance. Just It's going to be something. That's one skill that I know that I have that other people don't. I know I can put together something that other people can't do because my hands are in different parts of different industries. Yeah, man. Shout out to you. Book like 26 guests out of the 30 
on yeah. the corner rumble. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, people just keep calling me and saying yes. I didn't expect him to I say didn't. yes. Like, I, don't. I, just, I never <laughs> do. I never do until people be like, of course. Like, you know, like Sean Waltman. I was just like, yo, Sean, I know you're busy. And he was like, absolutely. And he called me after the show and he was like, get me on the show for more. I'd like to talk more with you guys. Yeah, we got to talk, Sean. We got to talk to Lance Storm. Storm. He's at Impact Shout now. out to Lance Storm. Who completely no sold that info yes. when we were talking to him the entire I love, time? I love Lance. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, hey, "This something that's a great place for Lance." Knowing everything we know about Lance and the equality, what he pushes for, what he tries to do, it. I was like, "That makes sense." Yeah, that's a fit. It's a song. Yeah. So uh, let's hit our break when we come back. Bring our guest on. Oh my god, I've never I've, had a guest who's known me as intimately as Logan. Uh, I can't wait. Logan might be bringing scary. Logan into the studio. And then we'll wrap up by talking about the Keith Thurman fight, um, Clarissa Shields, Chris Eubanks, like a ton of stuff. And I've been trying this real quick before I go to break. Chris Eubank. I do what my pet peeve is. When people say Joe Buttons. Oh, God. <laughs> Chris Eubank. There's no S. Don't pluralize. Um, yes, his, his fight this weekend as well. So we'll talk about all of that. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. All right, everybody, we are back. Just like we told you before break, man, it's not often we get a blast from the past from the old man. Yeah. Andreas Hill. We have Logan in the building. Shout out to the highlighter uh, sweatshirt. He got oh, on. No. Look at, look at, looking great right now. Um, we were talking about All-Star Weekend. Yeah. We are talking about this All-Star Weekend. You're in town mm-hmm. for the All-Star Games, everything. Pro, seeing Bowl, every, Pro Bowl, everything. We were talking about how it was very tame. Because I told Dre, I was 19, NBA All-Star Week. Yeah. I hear All-Star games come. I hear Pro Bowls come, NHL All-Star. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm ready. Like, I'm, I'm ready. This is going to be my experience. Right. Working for ESPN. I'm covering both. I'm on the strip. Oh, I'm ready. We're going to have fun. Yeah. Nothing. There, Whack compared. There was no ability to duplicate the first NBA All-Star Week. If it comes back, you don't think it'll be bigger? I don't, th- I don't think it can. So, first of all, it was All-Star Weekend. It was Lunar New Year's. Oh, yeah. It's like fascinating mix of, like, black NBA people. I'm being kind of, let's say, and then just a <laughs> bunch of, like, Lunar New Year Chinese. Like, so it was this very disparate, like, lines at every taxi line was, like, an hour. You couldn't. This is pre-Uber, right? Yep. So, like, you couldn't even really get in. So yeah, he said was it was Magic Convention. Yes, Magic, magic Convention was the oh, weekend. Yes, it, it was. It was this like perfect storm. We had so much. So I was in grad school at the time, and we came. I had one homeboy that was like kind of NBA adjacent, and then just one of my homeboys, and we just was like in the clubs partying all night, and it was, I mean, it was beautiful, man. <laughs> I was, I was trying to get my partner to come with me. He was like a six foot four, played in college basketball dude. I was like trying to get him to come so I could just. Pretend he was in the NBA currently. That's and just win all week. That's the wave. It was, <laughs> it was all over the place. It was at the Players Association game. Uh, I mean, party, which was like all the NBA players. Like Shaq, I just I didn't remember that was the first time I met Shaq. Just like the, just enormous, right? Like yeah. I, was, I turned around, and he just was there, and I just I had to like look straight up to speak. Um, we was we was at Body English, which doesn't even exist anymore. 
R.I.P. Body at uh at Hard Rock. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Hard Rock right. because it's Virgin. Virgin, but, the, but they but, but Hard Rock, Rock about to be staying at the garage. <laughs> they about to tear it down yeah. and build like the uh the guitar joint like yeah. they got down in Tampa. Yep, it was a cool weekend, man. Like it was at the time I had only been so I've known Dre since ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yep. And so I would come to see him. We were like mostly off the strip. Like Dre would do. That's back when he was like promoting a couple little little concerts here and there. <laughs> yeah. We could talk about if you want to embarrass Dre, we could talk about that too. You 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 the only person that can do this. Here, here's Bruh. the thing. Here's the thing. Everybody that I that we've talked to, most people know me as I am now. Yeah. Because like I've been in my career is like two decades now. Yeah. And people's like, oh yeah, hip hop DX, hip hop site. They know uh, golf course Dre. Yeah, they they know Jiggy, big ass crib in Jersey Dre. That yeah. guy, yeah. <laughs> like that guy. I, I need to know again. I need to know like fresh out of Valley nah. High School, got the curl. Yes, I had hair when I met Logan. <laughs> so there was a whole crew of them dudes. I didn't know them back then. But I'm gonna talk. I ain't gonna speak about high school Dre because I didn't know him. Nah, we, no, but like college, college, like, college. So we went to Morehouse. So here's a true story. So me and Dre <laughs> lived on the same dorm. I mean, in the same dorm, the same floor. The whole first semester, we didn't speak to each other because we was both like, Yo, who is this dude? Yeah. Like, he ain't speaking to me. I ain't speaking. We both had that kind of like Northeast attitude type stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I thought it was like, yo, there can only be one lights can do well, let's running be clear. shit around here. Highlander, like, there can only be one. Oh, yeah. Let's be clear. <laughs> so I didn't notice it, but Dre's half Italian. I'm half Italian. You know, but at the time, we didn't notice. So my second semester, we had like a dorm step show. And whoever was like, yeah, Dre's the captain. And me, I'm from Boston. Yeah, watch. I'm, I'm from Boston. I'm like an asshole. I can't help it. I was like, yo, who's, who, who's this dude? Get him out of here. And he looked and just like, and then we were both like, oh, we recognized like the asshole levels that we both had. And we just been cool ever since. Oh, that's the Kanye. That's the Kanye joint, it, right? It was, it was, it was like Kanye Dame Dash. Man. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it, was like- it was game recognized game real quick. <laughs> and then we would, we've would been tight ever since. And then and, and the thing was, is that I didn't have too many. I had a few friends in Morehouse, but it's like, He's the only one that that stuck around. That's what my wife said. My wife says this all the time. I can't get rid of Logan. <laughs> I can't. She done canceled a lot of people, man. But like Dre, I was in Dre wedding. So I, so here's a he story. Was on, he Dre. was on the cruise. He was on the boat with us. Dre was living off campus at Morehouse and got robbed. Like you got like robbed like three times yeah. in one semester. <laughs> he did tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> like real story. Like he was walking to the train station, got robbed. His crib, they like kicked in the window, got robbed. Yeah, got and I don't know stole. if you remember this. My roommate. And this other dude was cool with Dre. Well, no, you were staying with Art. Yes. And Art and this other dude, my roommate, were in my room talking trash about him. And I was like, hey, man, I don't care if you like him, but you ain't finna talk about him in front of me. And I had my back to him. I was sitting at my desk, like old college dorm type stuff. Yeah. And I was like, these dudes about to jump. Because <laughs> I was like not letting them talk about So I whatever, like. When it got a couple of my partners, we came back, they were gone. But like I was just like, I'm just not gonna let them get down. Cause I knew I know all the Dre's background. I ain't gonna spill all his business. But I know everything about his background. I know the family. I know his grandma. Like I knew everybody. Tells That's a my lot. man since. Tells a good amount of it on this show. Forever. <laughs> like, whatever he's told, yeah, I know about nobody. it. You know what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. He knows that and then some because oh, yeah. it, you know, I'm very private with my of life. Of course. But he's been there for a lot of this. Like a lot of stuff that I've went through. Like a lot of people don't know it all the times I got robbed in college. I was like, damn, man. And, you know, I had to you leave college. You mentioned Yeah, people, <laughs> you know, even people that say, you know, you graduate from where? I was like, no. no. What's your degree in? School of Hard Knocks, bitch. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was what it was. And I've, and, but he's been there every, he was in my wedding, on, on the boat. We got stories about that. We're no, we, not going to tell. We ain't going to talk about it. But yeah. those are about me. We telling stories about Drake. We're not telling stories about Logan today. I, I've heard those off air. 
<laughs> Let's keep those shout off air. Shout out to Stunning Shane. Shout, shout I have out a good Logan. time, even when I shouldn't have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Story what a time. Right what a time. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how we got to all that. But yeah, All-Star <laughs> Weekend, NBA All-Star. I just don't, I don't think you can duplicate that. Because it was, it was the first and everybody was here. All the, all the hip-hop artists, all the ball players from every sport. Like I feel like they're all coming back Nah, out. man. No. Like, I feel like Floyd fights. So I used to live here. Have set the standard, and now people are used to it. Because before, people were like, yo, I'm going to vape. Like, for what? Like, if you weren't a diehard, if you weren't alive and popping, like, 95, 94, the Tyson era, if you weren't alive and popping then, you were like, what am I going to Vegas for? Right. That's old people gambling. That's, you know, like the old Tyson fight. But by then, those people are 40, 45. Yeah. They might be washed. That's when, like, people like, are coming here to, like, go to New York, New York, and Circus Circus yeah, with their yeah. kids. So it's like, that was the first wave of get, again, of, like, 20-year-old grad school. Yeah. When you're, like, 20, 23, 24, 25, mm-hmm. and through, like, 35. And you're right. like, oh, All-Star Weekend. You can get pop. The music people are out here. Right. And you think, you'd be like, oh, man, yeah, well, it can't happen again. It's 18 years ago. But, but. Kids but, were five who are now your age then. Old enough to get into the club. Yeah, when you're age then. Yeah. If those That's people fair. try to be, they're five. They've Cooper, never experienced that. He, they got their no, own No, 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 listen, listen, listen. The novelty of the NBA All-Star Weekend happening in Vegas when the Magic Convention was popping, because the Magic Convention is not a thing anymore. No. So you had Lunar New Year, Magic Convention, NBA All-Star Weekend in a city that didn't have an NBA team Mm -hmm. that people wanted to come to. No social media, no camera phones, nothing else to take away your attention. So when you were here, you were here. That's the key. Social media. No social media is the key. Every, Every club, bottle prices was what they are today, that weekend back in 07. Yes. Like, you couldn't get in without at least a couple racks. Like, it was, I, I used to live here. I've seen Mayweather fights. I've been, I, when, when Mayweather fought Shane Mosley, I was yeah. here for that. It was not even close to All-Star Weekend. There's levels to this. Mayweather-Pacquiao would be my only comparison. I, I wasn't here for Mayweather-Pacquiao. That shows me. But it, I'm it, sure it was, but it, I don't think it was. I had a table for $4,000. Old man went home. He went to yeah, sleep. Went, I was open. I was like, yo. I've after the fight, goes home every night. Yeah. Come on, man. I was like, yo, we got a table. Marquee. I've done you know, I'm, we got I, a table. I moved to Vegas the weekend Marquee opened. I was living at Planet Hollywood. Yo, and this guy pump faked me. I was like, yo. <laughs> so early in the week, nah, right. he's like, yo, nah, nah, I'm not doing it. As the week goes on, I right, yeah. All right, cool. Like, let me know. All right, we'll walk over there, over, you know, after the fight. Yeah. And then he was like, I right, am stay for the post-fight press conference. I'm staying for the press conference. Okay. Right. I walk across the street because... That night, it was so crazy. There's a line, even if you got the table. Yeah. So I'm standing in the line, waiting to get checked in for the table. Right now. I'm at the crib. 20 minutes later, he's like, yo, now I'm going, yo, what? But he, he, and it was three of us. We $4,000 table. Yeah. Three of us. Right, I've been, Ended up being for two of them. I've done it. I've been there. I've done it. But, <laughs> but here's the thing. Mayweather Pacquiao, again, was confined. It was MGM. It kind of bled out. NBA also, you didn't have to be a Sports fan, like, NBA All-Star Weekend, and I, I said this in our last segment, it started at maybe Mandalay Bay, but it went all the way downtown. The Players Association joint, I think it was at Mandalay Bay, and every, like, hard rock, everywhere. was. I don't even remember. Oh, I stayed with you that. Yeah, you stayed at my house. But you was living, like, up north. I was in Aliante when it was just developed. Right. That was, first of all, that's a oh. ridiculous drop. 
So we Yo, in a spot. Stupid drive. Yeah. We in a spot. I got me and my man with me. And like we got a whole bottle of Grey Goose. He got on a sports coat. He put on he put a magnum of Grey Goose into his jacket pocket. The whole neck of the Grey Goose. He's like, nobody gonna catch us. I was like, bro, we finna go to jail. Like, there's no way. <laughs> Damn, I ain't gonna lie to you. Here's the crazy thing though. We get to the car, he said, I got it. I'm gonna drive. I said, the hell you ain't. <laughs> I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hold you. I told this story on a podcast like five years ago before I worked at ESPN and I had, had a really good job. So you guys can go back and find that. I'm not going to tell every detail of this because, uh, yeah, it's not corporate appropriate. But that same night, Floyd Mayweather, like, yo, I, I had a, gr- a bottle of Grey Goose. had a Magnum bottle of whatever champagne. That wasn't for me because I didn't fuck with champagne yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. Um, it was, but it was, I it was left for the, the other people who may have been around. Again, <laughs> it was $4,000. And I had the, like, you know, you know, promoters in town, blah, blah, blah. So... At the time for that weekend, it was you got to spend four thousand. Right, we ain't gonna charge you for the spot. Yeah. Which big weekends like normally they're like cool. That's how it usually works. Right. Big weekends they charge you for the spot, and you got to pay whatever fuck you you drink or on spend top of that. Yeah. on top of that. They're like, yo, we'll give you the normal joint, four thousand. You got to hit four thousand. We were literally the person I was with. Shout out my boss at the time, Robert Latal, Black Sports Online. Was buying merch. He got a hat from Marquee. He got a sweater. Right. Like, just to get to $4,000. He was like, y'all got a fur coat? <laughs> <laughs> like, because it was like, yo, we we paid it. We got to take this with us. So I understand sneaking liquor out. Look, look, we had three yeah. bottles. But let me, at, at you got to do what you got to like, do. We're not going to leave this with y'all. We didn't pay for it. Somehow yeah. it's coming out. But Somebody it was just it was the fact that the neck of the bottle was coming out of his jacket collar. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta I was do like, what you gotta is, do. This is bad. That was right after I think I think Suge was in there that night. I oh. think my man hollered at him. I don't know. I'm not gonna say how it went, but it was crazy. It, it probably don't go good it if was it's Suge. Real like 07 Vegas. Out of my experience, 07 Vegas was like anything could pop off at any time. Anytime. And there's like, no way to document it. Yeah. You just it just happens. I remember we went to What's the- crazier? Because he just mentioned this earlier. Yeah. Not to cut y'all off. 07 Vegas, All-Star Weekend. Freak Nick in the early 90s. Last Freak Nick in Atlanta. The which last is crazy. Freak Nick was terrible. See? Oh, okay. Like Freak but Nick. But like 92, 93 Freak Nick changed your life. I wasn't there. It was I, crazy. I had cousins there. I got my older frat brothers. You went to Freak there. Nick, though. You've been I to caught, a Freak Nick. I caught like the last two years of Freak Nick. Which is What's back. crazier in your experience? Oh. Oh, easily NBA All-Star. But oh, okay. if you were to ask my older frat brothers who like low-key put together Freak Nick, and yeah. then was there in like ninety two. So I have frat brothers because you were in the front in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. It was running Magic City from like ninety to ninety four. Oh. Like tell them my Ma- wife wants merch. So like if you still got connections there, if you'd have seen me I last night, Magic I had on my work. whole yeah. Magic City jacket on last night. Oh, they we got we got we got a link off there. <laughs> you know, my like wife the, uh, the eighteen wheeler trailers. Right. Yeah. They don't took one of those, put it in the back, cut out the front, put glass, and it's a store in there. Oh with yeah, all yeah. Magic City stuff. Yeah, that's merch. So when you come to Atlanta, I'm got, actually in Atlanta. I got stories about Magic City. I'm in Atlanta on Friday. I'll give you my number. So <laughs> early, like early 2000s, I spent way too much time in Magic City. So <laughs> rest in peace, DJ Fernando. He used to DJ there, and I think he used to DJ with I want to say Jeezy on the road, but that was like my guy. And he wound up, he got killed, whatever. Um, but like we would be in there with him. One of my older frat brothers, we just have a good time in there. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's it's not the same as it was. Yeah. 
because maybe it's because I'm old. And if you ask like 20 year old dudes, they're like, this is the best thing ever. But when I was 21 to 24, like Magic City was popping. But Freaknik in like 92, 93, I was young then, young ish, before college was, I don't know if there's any black experience that topped early 90s Freaknik. Couldn't be. I'm not sure there's any no. black experience that tops early 90s. No, no, no. There's not. We're still chasing that. That like, nostalgia will never happen My little cousin just chose Howard. My daughter, 15, mm-hmm. 14. She's like, I'm going to HBCU because they put um, a different world on Hulu. And like, uh, my yeah. oldest daughter doesn't want it. She wants to go to NYU because like she's in love with New York and like going back home. But my middle daughter wants to go to HBCU. My cousin, who's 19, went to... Howard in like the dorm situation and shit. Uh, nonetheless, it's crazy. She's there now. But because they like see these things, we're still chasing an early 90s nostalgia of black culture. It, it was be- like, so first of all, HBCUs, beautiful. Like it's, there's nothing. I grew up right outside of Boston, right? There were, I went to school with black people, predominantly white people. And to go to an HBCU where you are not the minority, that's the only time in America as a young black person you're not the minority. Like, you might grow up in some neighborhoods where you don't meet white people this and the third. Yeah. And the craziest thing that I learned, and I don't know where we're going with this, so I'm just talking, but, like, I didn't know there was diversity within black men. Mm. I was like, oh, we're black men. We're all the same. And then you meet, like, a Republican black dude and a Jewish black dude. I knew people whose parents had bought islands in the Bahamas. And I was yeah. like, what? And they on some, like, debating what to name it joint. And I'm like, <laughs> by the way, like, I don't, like, who do you call? So I do think there's something. When I went to grad school, it was me, my boy, um, who went to FAMU. Shout out to Kenny. My homegirl went to Howard Shamika. Like, we just were like, you could tell, not good or better or worse better or worse, but you could tell we were just built different. We were yeah. raised different. We had seen it a little different. So how we carried ourselves was just in like a different place. So if your daughter want to go to HBCU, Howard, fam, my brother-in-law went to fam, Morehouse, Spelman. I'm partial to Morehouse and Spelman, Clark Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I'm it's, not letting her go to Atlanta. I got family in Atlanta now. I'm like, yo, bro, my, my college rule is that you can't go to college around family. So Like, I want them to go and do their thing. You go somewhat close. Let me say this. Shout out to Spellman. Yeah. Like, amazing, intelligent, strong, just like, like, you can't say nothing about, like, just dope people to this day. Friends of mine. One of my closest friends went to Spellman. If you, if your daughter has a chance to go to any HBCU, and what I love is just to shift back to some of the stuff y'all talk about, what Dion's doing at Jackson State is crazy. I used to want, like, I don't know the rules around, like, what the NCAA is. Yeah. I wanted HBCUs to be like, F the NCAA. We're going to start our own group and we're going to pay players. Yeah. And we're just going to build our own collegiate. Because if you could pay players and they could go to Grambling, Jackson State, Hampton, Howard, like, all of these, like, real football schools and get paid and take all of that income from the Big 12, from the SEC. That same thing with the NFL, with all the crazies. I'm sorry, go ahead, bro. No, you're you're good. I would tell you, because I play college football. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying like I'm not on some like conspiracy brother shit, right? Like, I'm not I'm not like going there. But like the truth of it is, is the reason why it's not like that 
is because they put HBCUs in football subdivisions. And back then it was D1AA. Yeah. And when you're in D1AA, you don't get the exposure. The not even expo- the scholarship amounts are different. Oh. Okay. D2 can only give half scholarships. D3 can't give scholarships at all. Right. D1AA gives full scholarships, but the amount of money per scholarship is different. Right. So when you have kids who are in the hood and everything else and like all this stuff, when you go to a major university, you get FAFSA, you get all this shit. You don't got to take loans out. But here's my but question. your scholarship then, they give you enough so you get back five Gs a semester and you can give moms five Gs a semester to pay rent, right. to pay light bills and everything before they paid everyone. At HBCUs, they didn't. It was enough to cover school and school and that's it. So why would a kid go to HBCU? Because they're in subdivision. If they would just put HBCUs on D1, I don't care how you, how you fare. If they give them straight D1 on the same levels of Florida, FSU, and everything, right. you'd see a huge change in D1. And Dion, shout out to Dion, like you mentioned, he is now coaching in the, the realm of NILs. And he can use his fame to get his Play kids outside money to close that gap yeah. Before then, that's why, like, no matter how good you are, Grambling, that's an institution. Grambling Southern Thanksgiving? You telling me Grambling can't be the worst school in the ACC oh. or in the SEC? Why? Because they wouldn't allow them. Because if you okay. did put them in that conference and you give them the same amount of scholarship, money, and opportunity, they're crushing shit. And everyone's going. So I didn't know so that. That's so, I, so I didn't know that. Because to me, I'm like, who said they can't give Give out more scholarships. Like, I don't know the NCAA. There's rules. caps on every level. Yeah, I guess there's like some federal funding Friday, type like, stuff. So they, they cap but it on whatever you are. Except the fact that, like, if you took the top 12 HBCUs and said yep. F the NCAA, F the federal government, and you had the resources and the facilities, the revenue they would generate on their own would be enough to cover all of that and get rid of. All the schools. And you can't so, you can't do that because you can't fund the other programs. If you did it just gosh. for basketball and football, there were other you, you're programs. straight. But you can't fund women's volleyball, right. swimming, right. golf, every everything else. You depend on the federal government. So you yeah. can't bounce and they got you by the balls. I, so I so, dig it, but I just why. want, like, like, it's us. Let's bring First, ourselves yeah. home. And create then a different scenario. They handicapped us. Because we're playing home. by rules. Like, why are we following these rules? Like, let's create our own rules. The Mountain West Conference? Let's just be real. Like, UNLV's in the Mountain West. San Diego State's in the Mountain West. They get full scholarships. Fresno State, San Diego State get full scholarships. You can't bump the entire HBCU division up to normal, number, normal D1s. Because what and you just do. see what happens. So, so here's the crazy thing, right? So you get these HBCUs, and this is what Dion said recently. He said, I'm not going to let my team play these top schools to get a check because no. people are going to get hurt. Our mental is going to get messed up. Cause yeah. we get, and so what I – and he's not leaving Jackson State, I don't think, for a couple years because his son plays. I thought and he would you, leave for Florida State if for you know, nothing. If you know Dion, he's been coaching his son. Since All the his, way. So he's like, I don't think he's going anywhere until his son gets out of Jackson State because it's not even about football to him. It's more about family to him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But there's a certain point where it's like, how do we create a different, like, I don't want to follow the rules. Yeah. I don't want to, I like, I want to understand. I don't understand. But, like, there's there's these NCAA rules. There's D1 rules. There's all this. But 
if you took all of the players and created an environment, like look at the NFL. If you could, if you could get stadiums and shift it to black ownership, how wild would that? Like you could change the whole narrative. Damn, I'm just telling. You, like I don't even need Power Five. I'm not asking for Power Five. Right. Give us that entire conference elevated, same scholarships, yeah. and just see what happens. Yeah. They won't because now kids aren't going to Bama. They're not going to the SEC. Right. When all things are now equal in the cities they want to be in. Yeah. You're telling me they want to go in Grambling? All things These being kids, equal. I'm going to Howard, bro. What? Have you spent time in D.C. as These a young black person? Florida kids and Georgia kids go to Michigan. They go to Iowa. What? Why? Ain't nothing You're for not us there. You're not coming down to Atlanta? You're not going into somewhere, you know, I mean, if you're going to be in Alabama, being out, but like Howard, Fam, Hampton. Have bitch. you ever been to Hampton? Like beautiful. Oh, I, like there's. It, it, it across the, the board, system. We got to start thinking differently and not conform to what's but been they will told not us. let us. Because you could petition tomorrow for that. We don't have enough to tell, to, to not follow their rules. Because yeah. what you need is you need the black billionaire, hundred millionaire folks to be like, hey, we're going to invest in this. And I, mean, I honestly we, think you could change the game. Yeah. I might sound crazy. I'm out here with y'all. This no. is y'all to y'all podcast. And y'all, I don't <laughs> no, even, but that's real. I'm not even clear why I'm here. No, what di- I'm saying is... Different level of boosters, different levels of everything. Yeah. Tell, Puff would be a booster for Hampton tomorrow if they were D1. Oh, of course. Yeah. If they were D1... Well, Puff went to Howard, bro. Yeah. yeah. He would be a booster for Howard tomorrow. But the first D1, thing he needs to do... he'd be like the, kid, the guy from Oklahoma State or the guy who owns Nike at Oregon. Oh, uh, Phil Knight. Phil Knight. He, yeah. He'd be that. And it yeah. changed the game. Here's the thing: where you got to invest, because I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the kids don't go to schools is because of facilities. So yeah. what you got to do is you got to have a low ROI initially on gyms, weight rooms. Because if you've ever seen Oregon's football Crazy. locker room, Not it's big. nicer than most NFL locker rooms. Yep. You feel nice. So Phil, I went to grad school. I ain't gonna talk about me. Phil <laughs> Knight is good at Oregon. Yep. Stanford. The way they do stuff is just different. So if you're a young 18, 19-year-old kid and you're like, wait, I got a, I, there's a barber shop in here. I got this. I got, at Oregon, they got, what, a hundred and some variety of uniforms they yeah. can rock? Yep. I'm like, yeah, hell well, yeah, I I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to Grambling where I don't have that. But if you had those same resources and you're, and you're surrounded by an administration a faculty and other students, who was there? Who are there for you as a human, not as a football player? Because that's the real difference. It is at Jackson State; those kids aren't revenue drivers. Yep. They're young black men who are being developed, and that shit matters, man. And if you can create that environment and drive the revenue the same way, Jackson Dion's going to do it because he's getting national games. He's going to increase their revenue. His recruiting class, he's taking recruits from top. F, he's, top got, he's got one recruits. other than Oklahoma. Yeah. He's probably got one of the top recruiting classes. Yeah. And you know they he's sick. The third recruiting class. FSU, like, all the alum, the they, they don't, they don't, uh, we don't claim Dion no more. Yeah. Because you know, it's cool when you're in your place. But they will hire him away before they let him change it. So I will, no, I will tell you that. He, he, he's not leaving till this son graduates. That's fair. Whenever that is. But I think after they, that, He's going to go coach the Cowboys. No, but they understand. They understand that he's not leaving until then. But I will tell you. They're going to come for him. They will hire him away. Yeah. Before they let him stay and change things. That's fair. But, and that's that's 
a lot of things. We talk pro wrestling mm, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk all these things. Like, you'd be the best pro black pro wrestler in the world. Yeah. WWE will come and a knocking. Oh, yeah. It, most, if if you are you do what's best for you, that though. guy. The if problem almost, is if almost was seven three and Andre yeah. the Giant on the Indies, they're coming for you. Here, and the they will problem. make an offer you cannot refuse. Here's the problem. You have to have a group and or a generation that's willing to sacrifice. And if I'm right. And I'm not saying that's easy. And I'm not even saying you should. You have the opportunity to create generational wealth for your family. And say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to go to these schools. I'm going to play in these leagues and create something different. But it's it's not to get into it. But that's what Brian Flores did. Right. Like yeah. he took his own about personal, that last show. Yep. He took his personal aspirations and said, you know what? Right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't know where that's going to land. Yeah. That's not on me to determine. But he knew he was sacrificing himself for an opportunity to change something he thought was wrong. Is it wrong? I'm not here to talk about it. Yeah. But you got to, and to be at 18, 19, that's a lot of pressure to put on some kids fresh out of high school. Yeah. Like how many of us when we were 18, you say, hey man, you got an opportunity to go play ball at this school and then get a seven-figure contract or not be on TV, <laughs> maybe not get a, get a not, maybe not be a lottery pick. Like the cat that went to Howard, I don't even know what happened to him. The ball, ball, ball? player. He was a basketball player. Yeah, he yeah, went to Howard. I don't know yeah. what happened to him. Is he in the league? No, game? he transferred again. He, where's he at now? He transferred to D1. They wouldn't let him play, and then he went to the league. He so, was in G League. But no, I think he's he, on like someone's bench. But he took a shot. He was like, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to sacrifice yeah. my opportunity. And you're going to have to have a generation or two of, of that. Of those. But if I come from certain circumstances, and the money, it's like, look, man, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I do okay for myself. I don't got a good. You put an X amount of money in front of me, fam. Yeah, I might just tap dance my way to the bank too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It changes a lot. But, you see, so every everything. I mean, we'll circle back yeah, to ahead. HBCU culture, but I think we're getting closer to having a generation of people that can sacrifice because now, when we, you know, we're we're '80s babies, right? And we came from a culture that was one generation into poverty. It was several generations in poverty, We're one foot out. Yeah, yeah. Now it's like between me and him, like I know me, I came out of poverty yeah. and I'm making good money. Like, so my daughter doesn't have, have to live that way. Grandparents raising us type shit. Right. But now we're getting in a situation where you can take that risk. Mm -hmm. Where if my daughter wants to go to Howard, I can be like, all right. And, you know, and she, maybe she can change the game. Like, but you, you need, like you said, you need a whole generation of that. Yeah. I mean, Charles Rowland's $40 million slave was like, again, one of my favorite books. Rowland always asked, what if the Fab Five went to Howard instead of Michigan? Yep. Would have brutalized the game. Yeah. Would have turned it upside down. Well, but that, that's not true because what's his face? A bunch of them went to Houston, um, five slam a gem. Didn't shit like. Well, no, and no, they no, just, no. it wasn't HBCU, wow, but they, they chose to go a different than SMU. But you can't have one. SMU yeah. bought an entire team and Hold the up. greatest player in their nation. Well, and, like, they, and they buried them for it. But yeah. if, if the Fab Five went to Howard and whoever, and Grant Hill and them went to Hampton and uh, whoever, then, yeah, right, that's that's yeah. like, you like one if team, does it change anything? Probably not. But if you all of a sudden take the, out of the top 50, you yeah. got 30 of them going to HBCUs, you telling me they're not going to put on me? No, yeah. So it, it starts with, a domino effect. Well, yeah. you go where the money goes, yep. right? So if you, if you stripped... All those players, like if you talk about the Fab Five, you got like Jerry Stackhouse. You have yeah. all of them, and they're going to HBCUs. And they're playing. You mean to tell me television? Yeah. Then we're like, I think we need to televise hey, the following. games. You're following. 
Oregon was nothing 20 years ago. Nothing. Oregon football was zero. And then Oregon basketball was zero. But he showed up, Kelly. And he put yeah. the money Bill Knight in put there. The money in, in. And Oregon women's basketball, men's basketball, football, they put the resources and money. Oh, yeah, you're 100% right. You remember, if those I mean, people go to HBCUs, it. the money would flood. But again, I then ask you what money would flood them and if it matters. Because much like hip hop, right? Hip hop was hip hop was whack. Rap is rap is crap. Right. Early nineties, right? Rap is now pop culture. Yeah, it's American culture. At the top, the money that floods in is predominantly white investors. Does it matter? Because that's what HBCUs would become. We're now just assuming because the kids go to HBCUs that black people at the top would be able to invest and become rich. Phil Knight would then invest in HBCUs. Absolutely. He White have culture would then inv- invest. But does that then change stuff for us at the top or are white people just controlling stuff for the top Imagine for black this. athletes? Imagine this. Imagine Zion goes to Grambling. Yeah, but then Nike Phil invests Knight in Campbell. has to invest in that. But does that help us at the top level? Because it now just becomes the NFL where there's zero black owners and a bunch of black talent. Yeah. Does it change anything? So there's layers to it. I mean, right? yeah, go ahead. Cause I know, Cause you might get I, I know where you're going with this. You might get an MJ who is an owner, but so I, it could change. So there's, I think there's layers to it, right? So like the, who's selling the Denver Broncos? Yes. Yep. And in the midst of what's happening right now, mm-hmm. they're talking about what's, Oh, the brother, he gave, he paid off everybody's Morehouse student loans. Yeah. Um, graduation. You I, know, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Right? Yep. So they're talking about maybe he'll be Him. the owner. Yep. That would be dope. Yeah. But it's a, it's a certain type of black guy because they wouldn't give it a puff when he vote when he bid on yeah, the Panthers. They but, would probably wouldn't give it to dude, Jay. But dude, I don't know much about him. Yeah. He's a PE, VC he's, type Yeah, it seems like a good but dude. But he was at Morehouse. He paid it. Like, yep. you got to have some people that are willing, that are, because if you look at the NFL Owner specifically is a that's the smallest fraternity of the richest white men in America. Yeah. And I don't think that there's um here's the thing. I do I actually do diversity training now, right? Yeah. I don't think everybody's ill intentioned. No. I think there's a lack of awareness. And so the training I do isn't about you're wrong, you're a bad person. It's about so one of the analogies we use from a diversity standpoint. I probably shouldn't even be talking about this. But it's... We talk about all this shit on the show. Yeah, but I'm trying to... I got to get my IP done. So yeah. With my partner. But there's an opportunity. We talk about like, you're right, you're wrong. Do this, do that. See that... It's like, hold on, man. Like, let's look at it from like an emotional standpoint. Like, how does this impact you? How does it impact the people that you know? And... We live, our, everybody here, everybody listening to this podcast lives the life through their own eyes. Mm-hmm. But if you have the ability to say, oh, wait, there's other people who live differently from me. So, for example, one of the things we talk about is like, how important is it to you to get respect when you walk into a store? And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't care about that. And I'm like, well, as a black person, when I was young, I got followed in stores every time I went. So when I go shopping now for clothes, I dress a certain elevated way so that I get us. They're like, wait, you have to do that? Mm. So to be able to expose people 
to different experiences that aren't naturally your experiences. Some people don't care. Some people are just bad people. Like, they're there. Like, we're not going to do nothing. Yeah. But to be able to say, like, hey, I just have a different experience, and I want you to acknowledge that in my job. When I go to work, I feel different. Right? I look different. I, I walk. You know how many rooms I've walked in and counted? How many other black execs were in the room? Every day. (laughs) Women walk into a room. I'm the only female executive here. And if if, if it's never been on your conscience, I'm not even saying you're a bad person. You just never had to think about it. But let's bring that to the forefront of your conscience. So when you walk in the room, you're like, oh, let me support that woman over there, particularly that black woman who are actually known to have less opportunities to get mentors and sponsors and all of that in corporate settings. This is what I do. You're about to get in my world. But, like, if I can recognize, oh, wait a minute, it might be harder for her to express her opinion, so let me support her in sharing her opinion, creates an environment where she feels included, that starts to change things. Yeah. And I don't, I believe there's terrible people in America. I don't believe that's the majority of people. Yep. I believe if you can start to expose people to different ways of looking at the world and like look i'm logan from boston my parents were educators i grew up lower middle class and i see the world the way i see it i'm biracial like right that's how i see it i had to come to come to grips with myself recognizing as a man i have certain advantages i never said i was talking to a female friend of mine and she she was like i want to go for a jog it was like nine o'clock and i said well go for a run we she said, I can't. I said, I'm a woman. I can't run. I said, oh, wait. Or like, I don't think twice about calling the Uber and getting the Uber. Yeah. So I like, I had this great idea. Uber, if you hear it, you should do it. I think you should have an opportunity to pick the gender of the Uber driver you're looking for. Yeah. Because as a woman, like, it never occurred to me, like, you wouldn't feel safe at leaving from Mirage or MGM yeah. or at midnight. Caesars at midnight. But if you can be like, hey, I'd like to pick a woman, maybe that's a certain... But we, as a man, I've never had to think about that because I just get in whoever's car knowing, like, y'all ain't finna try me. <laughs> so I think there's an opportunity for us to take a step back and recognize that our experience is a portion of the experience. Yeah. And to the extent that even if I don't know it, so I, I talk about, um, I think we need to have more conversations. And I think it's about what I call leading with intent. But like, hey, man, I don't, I don't know your experience. And I might say something clumsy. And maybe I'm going to offend you. I'm not trying to. But I want to understand this better. Like, let's have a real dialogue. Now that I've done that a couple of times, I understand a little bit more about, like, what it's like yeah. to be a woman at one in the morning trying to get an Uber home. And you become less clumsy. Right. And, and it gets better. And then when I'm with somebody who's trying to get an Uber at one in the morning, one of my, one of my female friends, one of my homegirls, I'm like, look, I can get in the car with you. Or I can do whatever. Or, like, I can make sure that when you get in the car... I'm tracking your position, yep. and your driver knows that. Let me call the Uber so I could see it on my app. Right. So, you can get so, th- so I think there's an opportunity for us to get out of our own, like, this is what world the world looks like. Because there's so many you, color, gender, uh, you know, uh, differing abilities, LGBTQ, like, all of this stuff, man. Like, we're all just trying to live and enjoy ourselves. And we just want to have a good experience. So if I can help other people do that or if other people can be helped in doing that, and if everybody had that mindset, which we're never going to get there yeah. in America, let's be clear. But if we can get there, 
it creates a better experience for all of us. I'm sorry, I've been I'm preaching. I'm now nah, you now nah, you good. Like that's that's hundred percent well, right. Well, see, like that's 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 what we've talked about. Yeah. Like, and I've I've mentioned this, I don't think you pay attention to this before, but when I asked when I on Twitter, I was like, this is important to me. Tell me the first time as a black person that you dealt with racism. Yeah. Tell me your story on Twitter. Because there are a bunch of people, and I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it for people that are outside of the culture. Yep. To be like, I didn't know, like, I didn't, di- I didn't come into this world asking to be black. I was told yep. that there was something wrong with who I was. Yep. And I needed, I needed people to see that, oh, you're not just mad and angry. You dealt with something that I never thought could happen. So just like the same experience with Jogging After Midnight, like going into a store while black, driving while black, it doesn't start when you're a teenager. Because yeah. all those stories were in grade school, were <laughs> teachers telling them you you couldn't be somebody. Yeah. It was always experience where you were told you were different by somebody else. We had to accept who we were because they told us who we were. And, and and even our parents told us you got to be twice as good yes. to get to get half equal. Yeah, half. But it, it comes down to like when you look at that, and that I love that thread that you did. Cause that thread on the outside looking in, be like, oh, that's for black people to share their experience. Was it? I knew we, what I was doing. We know these experiences. This is for people who aren't, and so many people. And personally, I don't like the word ally. Like you're just fucking human, right? Like yeah, like you're you're just a person, yeah. right? Um, but there's so many people who are like, wow. Like I I want you to not be like, yo, I'm an ally. Like no, just listen. But so many people, I love the people who were were enlightened. Of like, yeah, I have two black friends, and they told me they went through this, but I didn't know. A hundred, three hundred, four, like, and they were like, wow. And I, I go through this every day in my life. Like, listen, yeah, I'm black. I'm a black man. I'm a mixed race. I'm Puerto Rican. Like, I go to Puerto Rico, and, like, outside of Puerto Rico. But I go other places, people, like, you speak Spanish and all this stuff, and they're wild. For what? Like, there's dark Spanish people. Like, congrats, by the way. Um, but, like, I teach people, like, like cool. Like, I, there's different complexities to me. But I always understand in my head, there's other minorities. I'm a minority, but this shit runs way deeper than me. And other people are more hindered than even I am. I'm a mixed race black man. You know what's worse? A mixed race black woman. You know what's probably even harder than that? A mixed race LGBTQ black woman. Like there are levels to this. So I am still, even in my minority, a privileged minority. Like, so I got to learn about all of them and their lifestyle. Like I have a daughter right now. Um, she's my daughter, stepdaughter, whatever. She's my daughter who, like, a couple weeks ago, she's not going to kill me. I share everything on this podcast. Um, she started dating a man. She's like, yo, I'm bringing my boyfriend over. Cool. But her boyfriend was born a woman who just now happens to be a man, and she's trans and all this stuff. And she took a month to tell us. I was like, you better not ever again in your life. And I was like, yo, you better not ever again in your life wait a month to tell me anything. Because... I am 100% for it. Like, I got your back before anything. And I was like, you know what? This, and I met her boyfriend who came over. Like, it was her birthday. Went all out for the birthday. She's 19, 22. Went all out for the birthday. I was like, yo, that's so dope. Looked on his Facebook because I'm a dad and I creep. And then her her whole Facebook and social media changed in the past month. Like, oh, that's because of this person. For the better. And I was like, yo, you dated this stupid knucklehead who didn't have license plates on his car and he was, I don't know, smoking weed and black dude, blah, blah. You did all that. 
And that kid was a weirdo. And I had to watch all your interactions last year. And you dated this person who's, I don't care if they're trans. They're so much better for you. A better human being. Being than that person. Yeah. Why do you ever think you got to wait a month? This person's so much better. I don't care at all. Right. I wish you nothing but the best. Listen, we coming over, we cooking in my house. Y'all are good because this person's way better than whatever stupid ass person you were right. before. And one of my boys who Dre's know, I'm not going to call out no names on here. His son was just told by a white father, you can't date my daughter because you're gay. He's been there. <laughs> Which is like, damn. damn like, like what? Like you, like you was, so, you know, I'm old. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. I'm old. I've been around a while. And I'm like, yo, people still dealing with that? Like, like we ain't got to the point where, and I'm not the rosy eye colored, like, and I love MLK and all that. Like, let us, you know, judge a man. Like, I, yeah, I get that, but that's just not where we are, man. Nah. And then, I'm not gonna go into all this, but the last several years in this country have gone a certain way, and yeah. it's just like... Shows that we talk about this all the time. It was eye-opening. Because... I mean, Dre's constant vigilance. Shout yes. out to um, Harry Potter and like all the, the references. But I, I, was, I wasn't that. I was the opposite of the people who come lax and complacent and better or worse, like Barack Obama's president. We got a black president. We got all, like, oh my God, equality's around the corner. And then it was just like, well, you, people were waiting and boom, you, like, yo. You, you know why Trump got elected. It was, the, the it was because... Obama was president. president. Yeah, it's the counterbalance. Yeah, like, let's right? just be honest. They were like, and what's not finna happen? But that's, is we not gonna have more non-white men presidents? No, we shut that down. But that's fair. By Listen, any means necessary. Right. They were like, they weren't with it. I, the the bravery and the vote for whoever the fuck you vote for. Whatever. The bravery in speaking their idea of moralities is what surprised me. I was completely okay, and this for better or worse with closeted racism. Experience that every day. I've been over women's house and dating women, or, and their parents don't want her to date a black person. You got to talk people into it, or they're perfectly fine when they learn that I know NASCAR and hockey. And, right. Oh, like, you're oh the, wait, you're the exception. You're the, you're good, the good black. One. The, like, the like, exception said, cool. is... I'm, but I'm used to that. Right. And I was like, cool, I'm used to being the exception. I talk anybody in anything. The outlandishness of they don't got to hide anymore is what shocked me. Yeah. He, we, oh, I love Obama. We weren't ready for Obama as a country. And the pendulum swung so far this way Say it all the time. that they were like, swung hey, the pendulum's the coming back. all the way back. <laughs> and you got all, like, because here's the thing about it. Like, you had people who, um, you know, they... They would tell you to your face. Yeah. I support this. And they would go in the voting booth and support that. Yeah. Cole, by the way, I know you're looking at me crazy because we were supposed to stop like 40 minutes ago. What we're going to do is, uh, shout out to Keith Thurman. I love boxing and everything else. Fuck it. We're going to talk boxing on Wednesday. So we'll put boxing with MMA and everything else. So people who came to this for combat sports, I'm sorry. I love you, but this is a good conversation. <laughs> we're just going to keep yeah. talking for the and next... Uh, what do we have? It's 7.07. I have 10 more minutes. I push back dinner reservations. I push back everything. We have 10 more minutes of this convo. 
And we'll talk boxing and shit that doesn't matter. You know, wait, before, before, know, before you finish, Keith Thurman was fighting. Yes. Yeah, that's right. He, I mean, he didn't look that great anyway. We'll talk about it on Wednesday. But before you finish, this is probably the most silent I've been on this podcast, but I'm so <laughs> intrigued by watching my friend from college and my podcast partner talk. And I'm just like, I'm just sitting here like, I'm just going to let him rock. <laughs> hey, man, this, I feel like I'm just with my boys talking. Like, that's I saw this do. is my yeah, first man. real podcast experience. And I'm just enjoying But here's the thing, man. And I, I know y'all got a big audience, I, whoever y'all talk to, but. I guess my lesson is there's people with different experiences. And to the extent that we can hear that and learn from that. And look, none of us are going to be perfect with it. But if I can show you something, if I can explain, like, so the training, I, I do a lot of diversity and inclusion training, mostly inclusion. Um, because I think you have to create the right environment before you just start. Because if you just start hiring diverse people in the wrong environment, they're going to leave anyway. So how do you create an environment that's the realest shit ever spoke right there. Boy. I'll come back. We can talk more about it, what I do. So, but like, honestly, like there's an opportunity because I want to believe most people aren't bad people. But if you've only been exposed to certain, I remember this was probably almost 20 years ago. I was working for, I'll say a large public accounting firm. And I was on a project. It was this cat, this white dude from Minnesota. And he said, he said, you're the first black person I've ever met. And, my, and I said, well, what is your impression of, like, where did you get your impression of black people? You started talking about cops and shit like that. Like TV shit. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, if your impression is TV, which we all know, maybe we don't all know it, but let's just, it's flawed. Yeah. It was, I was watching a video of uh, Eddie Murphy. He was on Jay Leno when Boomerang came out. And they were getting, he was getting a lot of heat. Like, a lot of people are upset because, you know, you had this, this fairy tale world of all black people executives in the company. There were no white people in the world. And it was like, what are you talking like? That's that's real world for a lot of people. But because you're not used to seeing that on the screen. So anyway, the screen, the TV, the movies, the media tells us this is who we are. And we're I don't even know where I'm going anymore. But that's not necessarily who we are. And there's there's not that like, oh, there's just a normal black executive. Yeah. Who's a marketing executive for a company? There aren't organized, like, there's no black Fortune 500s, but there's black companies who are ex- doing exceedingly well in the world. But because you don't know of them doesn't mean that they don't exist. So, oddly enough, I mean, again, and I like that Dre just said that before, because we can talk and all this stuff, because I like it. I like our communication aspects. I like that, how you go about things right here, right? But I also do, in turn, secretly. I don't put this out there. I like how Dre handles things because you're silent now because he handles things differently. Dre does not. And again, I'm not in our career field as long as him. I don't have the security internally that he does. And that's the greatest compliment I can give someone is that you have the security to be 100% yourself plus some. And you do not present things in an inclusive way to our to our medium to our career field you go in it as a combative way yes of i'm going to present this to you to make you uncomfortable and you then talk me out of like and and i present things differently i want to make everyone comfortable comfortable environment and then we can talk you are completely opposite. No, and here's why. Because 
if you if you go into a situation to appease people, they're not going to be real with you, and you're not going to see exactly how they react to things. So, for for instance, when I started doing what I was doing, my my goal has always been to diversify spaces, right? Yeah. When I got into music journalism, I was like, I can't believe there's so many white journalists talking about black culture. This isn't right. You shouldn't be like Vanessa Satin at Double I'm just going to put her out there. White woman's run Double all the year. She was like, I love gangster music. And I'm like, where are you from? You're not from this culture. How are you commenting and talking about these things? And I would challenge her. And I challenge everybody on these things. My goal was to, in boxing, combat sports, I wanted to see more black people in the room. It was just, just the way it was. Boxing is a dominant, a minority dominant say, sport. This is black people in the ring. Yeah, it's like all these black people in the ring, but there are white people telling their stories. And their stories all ended up being the same. He came from poverty. He boxed his way out. And now he's rich. That's not every fighter's story. Right. And I wanted to make sure I did that. But as, as time has gone on from music to boxing, to MMA, to pro wrestling, to society, to culture, I'll challenge people. And it's like, let's make you uncomfortable. Because what you think the world is, it's not. And we're going to attack this head on. We're going to ask these questions. Have you, have you met black people? What do you think of black people? Do you know what it's like to be called? Because I come from the other side, was raised by an old Italian, mean-ass white woman. I love Granny. Yeah, I love Granny. <laughs> Me too. She, everyone on the show loves her. But, but he knew her. <laughs> I like, I knew Granny. He knew, he knew my grandmother. <laughs> yeah. And my, the thing was is that my grandmother always told me I was one of the good ones. I was the good one. I was the exception to the rule. And I was like, you don't know that many black people, do you? To my grandmother. And that made me realize, I was like, wow, if that's my grandmother and she sees me every day, she raised me. And she looked at me and still considered me one of the, the good ones and didn't want me to date black women, didn't want me to have black friends. I was like, what is the rest of the world like? So you got to make them all uncomfortable. And she loved you. Loved me to death. But she, you know, those are the people that say, I don't see color. You do outside of me. You see me and you was like, I love him because that's, that's what came here. Yeah. Right? Like, just like if my, my, if my next child, God forbid, was born without an arm, I love her the same, right? Because that's my child. But the rest of the world would notice that she's missing an arm. Yeah. Right? But I'm the, the mindset of, I'm going to tell you that she's missing an arm. How are you going to react to that? Let's ask these questions. Have you ever dealt with this before? Do you know, like, what to do with this? Do you know how to deal with people of mixed cultures? Do you know how to deal with women? Do you know how to deal with LGBTQ? Do you know how to deal with people with different political aspects? Like, all of those things are to have a conversation. And to bring this back to HBCUs, when I went to Morehouse, what he said is very important. I realized black people aren't a monolith. There's so many different black people in the world that have different viewpoints on things. And I was like, wow, everybody should go to HBCU. Because most black people think, most black people think that black people are still the same. Like the black people that we grew up with, oh, I'm going to meet these black people. We all vote for Obama. No, you don't. We're all Democrats. No, you're not. Now, I'll let you know, not exclusive black people. I have Asian friends who, I have Filipino friends, very close. And a lot of them are now second generation, well off, right? You know, family is doctors, nurses, um, lawyers, whatever. It's like in their culture. I have a Filipino friend whose dad, I won't put his name out there, addicted to drugs. They, every year, would switch apartment complexes in high school. Chasing the one month free rent. His mom had to work in the hotels as a cleaning lady. How he felt, thank God, now it took years. He's comfortable. He got his woman, all his shit, finally moved out. He's just now being comfortable with himself because he didn't feel right around other Filipinos because their parents have this ideal straight A's. 
go to college, all this. He didn't do any of that. He, he found his own lane, successful now, but didn't do what they did. But in terms of his Filipino community, I'm 32. He felt outcasted for eight years, mm. 18 years. Mm. My entire, and I never knew. We create these own identities within communities that, like, this is what black is. This is what LGBTQ is. And it's, it's not those things. And that's what bothers me. Even, like, when there's black people that black people don't rock with, and, like, you know, I don't want to call nobody out, but, you know, they're out there. I'm like, they're black. Fade on Jason Whitlock on site. <laughs> but, but, like, yo, that dude's black. He just looks at the world differently, and that's okay. I, in the same way that, so, growing up in a predominantly white community, going to, like, schools with some black people, I was the only black guy in, in black. Like, I, I had this epiphany recently. As a black person, we're very rarely able to be individuals. We speak for a broader group. I was talking to this white guy who was in this class. I was doing this class on um, inclusive leadership. And he said, I've always been an individual all my life, which I think is part of the problem as we talk to like white people about being part of a broader system where there are groups of people who benefits. They've been individuals so long, it's hard for them to say like, no, I didn't benefit from anything. I'm an individual. Whereas black people in particular, We've always represented a broader, so we can say, like, oh, I'm part of this larger community. And I think that's one of the biggest disconnects. Because if you talk to people who I don't think are ill-intentioned people who don't have the ability to, like, associate themselves with a broader group. Like, you've benefited from being the white man. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm Mike. Yeah. I worked hard. I wasn't benefiting from being a white man because I'm, I'm me. Like, no, like, you're also a part of a, like, if you talk about identity. That's a fabric, though, right? There's, like, there's, there's African-American, there's Asian-American, there's Hispanic-American. But, but different people associate that. There's nothing that. for white. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, as, like, white people, and I'm half white, but, like, white people have the opportunity to be individuals in a way that minorities don't have. If you're the one gay person in your high school, when you speak, you speak for gay people. When you're the one black person in your class, you don't speak like I'm Logan in my experience. When you're a white person in a predominantly white, particularly a white man. Black History Month in schools, in a class? You speak as John, as Michael, as who? But like there's, there's not that same pressure to represent an entire. When I went to grad school, I was in a class. It was the only class I was good at my first quarter around um, organizational behavior. So I always wanted to speak because I was like, if I don't pass this class with a high grade, I'm going to fail out of school. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I, so I would always, and then one day we talked about racial stuff in class and the professor would look at me like, it was the one day I didn't raise my hand. And the principal would be like, Logan, you got something? I was like, you didn't call on me every other for the past two and a half months. But today that we're talking about, now you want to talk to me. Like I didn't add value when we were just talking about like normal organizational behavior stuff. But now that we're talking about racial stuff, now my voice matters. Like, think about the impact that that has on somebody. Like, you're not valuable until we're talking about this very small piece of how we interact in the world. And I wasn't, and he, he wasn't asking me, like, Logan, what's your opinion? He was like, I think the black people need to be heard. Yeah. Logan, you're the black people. Speak for the black people, Logan. You know what I'm saying? And that's, 
And I don't think he had ill intentions. I don't think he was a bad human being. Maybe he was, but I don't think he was. Yeah. But it was, but like, again, we are in, we see the world through our own lens, our own perspectives. And it's really hard sometimes to recognize like, oh, there's other perspectives. There's other experiences. You and I can go outside right now and see a car accident. I'd be like, oh, that was that person's fault who was driving the red car. You'd be like, no, that wasn't. That was the blue car fault. And some else would be like, it wasn't either one of their fault. It was the it was the red light that changed too quick. And everybody believes they know what the reality of that situation is. But we just see it through our own lens. So if you can say, hey, wait a minute. There's a red car version. There's a blue car version. There's a red light version. And now we can actually have a conversation about that. I think that's what expands minds. That's what changed people. That's, oh, wait, Dre might have saw this differently, not better or worse. Because I think we get caught in that, like, right and wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. You're bad for being a white person. Like, no, you're not bad. You just see it through the lens of what you've brought up in. But if I can expose you to a different way of thinking about it, which isn't better or worse, it's just different. Oh, hell. I need to take a moment and think that through. Yeah. I could, we have, we, I do this exercise in my training, man, where we, uh, I don't even want to get on this, but like we expose people to different perspectives and people, this one guy in particular, he said, none of this matters to me. We were talking about different. He said, wait a minute. Does this not matter to me? Because my perspective, I've never had to worry about this stuff. And he worked with a, a black woman. He looked at her and said, wait, do you think about this stuff? And she said, I think about this stuff every day. He said, oh shit. Yo, that enlightenment. I didn't even, I didn't realize this was a real thing for you, caring about the neighborhoods you live in, caring about your per- perception as a parent. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, wow. And he had a moment where, is he perfect now? Does he see everything per- perfect, quote unquote? Because y'all can't see my hand on them, quote unquote. But like, now you're willing to have that conversation with somebody who you've built a relationship with who's not necessarily the exception, just another human being yep. that I want to learn from your experience. You know what I'm saying? If y'all let me, I'll talk forever. So I'm nah, listen, quiet. man. That's, I know we got, we got shit to do. Nah, it's yeah. a, I mean, it's a good convo. Look, listen, we, we brought you in to talk like crazy All-Star Weekend. We had like an incredible conversation. Like this is, again, we do what the hell we want. It's our podcast. Thank you everyone for outside <laughs> listening. We love y'all though. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll get to boxing, MMA, everything else um, on a later show on Wednesday. Again, I think this is just natural conversation, right? This is what podcasts should be. We're, as a podcast, we're boxing, pro wrestling, MMA. We're not in a box. People aren't in a box. You go where the conversation lends itself. You look through the lens of that situation. You look through multiple lenses. We do whatever we want. We don't live in boxes. We grow. We elevate. I think that's what this podcast was for. So thank you for coming through. Shout out to you, Dre. Yeah, this is the most quiet I've ever seen. I love it. No, but just, no like, just you're, you're poignant. Yeah. Like, um, so, nah, man, hopefully everyone out there, you guys enjoyed it as well. We'll get to all the boxing, MMA, all that on Wednesday. We'll be back to our normal BS and the hot takes and everything's fire. I had to take the belt off. We're having a good conversation. I was like, yo, I can't even be in the gimmick. The belt got to come off. So uh, we appreciate you. Shout out to everyone. Blue Wire Studios, Blue Wire Network. We are here at the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. If you guys want to come through, you guys can listen to us in the hallway, look through the glass, say what's up, chill, um, hang out with us. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram, at Corner Podcast on TikTok. 
Shout out to producer Cole Bebe for being our guy on a, on TikTok. I'm gonna get a. I'm, listen, I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking Logan. Logan, I need to get a video of him at a step show in college. I need that video Bro, for I got TikTok. A picture. I got we a got, picture. Listen, we got to resurface this for TikTok. For sure. I feel like you I got feel that like picture I got at it. Hubert Hall when you're standing upstairs. <laughs> on the stairs. I feel oh, like man. we. I, I just need a collage of Dre in college. Sure. So we we will get that as well on the Say TikTok. Less. We appreciate you guys. Follow. Again, twice a week we are dropping on YouTube. You can see the visuals from the show, the amazing studio, and follow us on there as well, The Corner Podcast. We appreciate all of you. Stay safe. Stay rolling free. We'll be back on Wednesday with Combat Sports. We promise. We think. Maybe. Maybe not. Until then, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.